The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. sing anything that wasn't powerful? That's a good question. <laughs> Let's ask Eric Alper, our musicologist, joining us this afternoon. Eric, nice to have you on the phone. Again, wish it was under different circumstances. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Happy to talk, Aretha Franklin. All right. Let's talk, Aretha Franklin, the Queen of Soul, undisputed, passing away to, uh, today, August 16th, 76 years of age, the cause uh, pancreatic cancer. And interesting, I think, if I remember correctly, first diagnosed around 2010, but not a whole lot of details released at that time. Is that right? Yeah, there, there wasn't a lot of details. I mean, she had a, a, a rough couple of last number of years with various shows and festivals across North America being canceled due to her health. But then whenever she did, in fact, end up performing, she just blew the roof off. Mm. And so it kind of put a lot of her medical health and issues, at least the talk of it, um, you know, to the to the back of the room a little bit. Um, but in the last number of days, once the rumor started to spread that she was in very ill health and may not have been coming out of it uh, in fine form. And uh, it just allowed people to have much more of a, of a reflection, I think, in the last 72 hours about how wonderful Aretha Franklin really was. Well, it's interesting when something like this happens, because the first thing you do, of course, is go back and look at the body of work. And you start, you know, things that you remember happening, you know, Barack Obama's inauguration, those kind mm-hmm. of things. But when you put them all together as a body of work, you can't help but sit back and go, wow, what a career. Yeah, especially one that lasted five decades, because just under those circumstances alone, there's not too many people in the music industry that, that had a career in terms of a timeline like her. Certainly, you know, Dolly Parton is still around and she's in her sixth decade or somebody like Cher, but you don't picture those two women specifically as being at the forefront of so many movements, whether it was the feminist movement of the 60s -hmm. or the civil rights movement of the late 60s or disco and so Mm -hmm. much different kinds of music, whether it was jazz and soul and R&B and rock and classical Certainly there was nobody that I think went from genre to genre as well as Aretha was able to do. Eric, where did Aretha Franklin's career start? Well, her father was a pastor down in the South, and he had his own record label called Checker Records, and he was recording for that label and having distribution through various means. And Aretha was 14 years old when she released her very first album, called Songs of Faith, and it was a gospel record. And at the time, if you were African-American and from the South and you want to sing, really, gospel was the only avenue that was open to you. It wasn't until she became so big and so popular in that scene is when the record label started thinking, well, maybe we can you know, work with her on R&B music or soul music, and that's really when it started to take off in the early 1960s. But, you know, until then... She would mostly sing on gospel because that's essentially the only road that was open. 
You know, and it was amazing, too, you know, juggling this career. She was also a very young mom. She'd had <laughs> two children, I think, by the time she was 16 years of age, went on to have uh, two more. But boy, oh boy, um, just just unreal. When you talk about who was impacted or who was influenced by uh, Aretha Franklin, you've got to look at almost, I think, every female artist out there right now and some guys. I, I would think everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's just how powerful she was. You know, when you talk about Aretha, you you know, you think about the soul songs or the life-affirming love songs or the independent women shouters <laughs> or the rock and roll covers or even the, the jazz music. And so if you're going to follow Aretha from like 10 years past when she was big and when she was singing those songs, you have to acknowledge that she was in just singing them better than anybody else. But she was a really great piano player. She mm-hmm. was a songwriter who wrote a lot of her hits, including Think and Daydreaming and Ain't No Way. So she was at the top of every possible game when it came to the music industry. But yeah, you have to put her up there with Elvis and Miles Davis and James Brown and Bob Dylan and Michael Jackson. Just people that come around once a generation and <laughs> everybody else that follows them has to acknowledge the fact that she was a leader in all of those different styles of music. I lo- Sorry, Andrew, I just I just pulled up uh, one of her tunes on my iPhone, and it was from 2017, I, be- I believe. She did the um, Aretha Franklin Sings the Great Divas songs, and she had yeah. done her cover of Adele's Rolling in the Deep. Oh, really? Which was spectacular i mean again so you have the diva covering the divas the rest of them you know the queen covering what i would say the princesses but still putting stuff out there not as as often but boy oh boy that rendition of a great song was incredible as well yeah especially if you're a teenager now Mm -hmm. and you know how you make it in the music industry is sometimes you got to go to like youtube and start to do covers of songs and so many of them now, if you go do a search, you see like teenagers that are singing, you know, rock steady or that yeah. you see them singing respect or I never loved the man the way that I loved you. And they, their entry into Aretha Franklin's music is all over the place as opposed to, you know, look, I'm hitting 50 really soon. And so I remember her the first time when she was in the 1980 film, The Blues Brothers, yep. when she was singing to, you know, Jake and Elwood, to, to John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, and telling them that they better think. And so, you know, uh, there's that side of her. And then people that kind of, you know, got into music or became music fans after me, they it might have been from her duet with George Michael with I Knew You Were Waiting For Me, mm. or... Uh, Annie Lennox in that duet with Sisters Are Doing It For Themselves. There's so many people whose first knowledge of Aretha is completely different from everybody else's that's out there. Yeah, funny reference because uh, earlier in the day when yeah. we were talking about this, I said I didn't know who Aretha Franklin was until I watched the Blues Brothers. And then there yeah. was something powerful about that performance. Aykroyd and Belushi disappeared in that scene, and uh, <laughs> y- you know, I, I just so great. Yeah, and I and I, I said to Jay before we got you on the phone that. You know, when you look at these contests, sometimes like America's Got Ta- America's Got Talent, those sort of things, and there's something you'll see one person maybe where you go, man, they have it, and and I don't know what the it is, but she had it. I mean, and as I say, I had didn't know her from Adam, 
And it's the most memorable part of the Blues Brothers for me was that scene. She just stole the movie and owned it for a, for a few moments. Right. And imagine that that's the first time that you, you see or hear somebody like Aretha Franklin. And then people that are older than you are saying, yeah, she's just basically doing respect. But, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, know, but, you know, but you play like the original version of respect. You play the Otis Redding tune, and it's good. Like, it's great. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, she just, you know, she was like, look, you're going to respect me or I'm going to boot your butt right on out of here. <laughs> well, there's a power to it, right? Uh, totally. And, yeah, that's what I said as we were getting you on the phone. Did Aretha Franklin do anything that wasn't powerful? Because her music was powerful, her acting was powerful, her writing was powerful, her presence was powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you think about, well, who who comes next after Aretha? Mm. And really, there isn't one. And again, not to take anything away from artists like Beyonce or Adele, but, you know, talk to me in 50 years and let's see how many songs yeah. people can remember from those artists. And Adele's probably, you know, the nearest one. But look, Adele's got three albums in, in eight years. Aretha had 12 in less than seven years and all of them are stone cold classics so hmm. it's just it's it's not just the power of aretha franklin but it's just the sheer amount of songs that she left us with so, that's so what's going to make her immortal is it is it the legacy that's the it? i mean what is the it you i mean you you're a musicologist what what is it that's the it in some performers that others don't have I wish I knew, because then I would find like 30 of them. Yeah, um, and he'd be a rich man. I think, it's that, I think it's that moment where, you know, literally the hair stands on the back of your neck when you feel everything, when you feel that loss and freedom, the struggle and redemption, the, the shouting that she does and the whispers that she does, the beauty and the sadness. There's so much in her songs and sometimes within the same song she just ran the gamut of emotions mm -hmm. and i think that she did all of them with sheer authenticity that allowed people to believe in what she was singing even if she didn't actually write the song in the first place hmm. eric can you tell us a little bit about um you know when you look at who she's performed for and at inaugurations and you look at uh you know bill clinton jimmy carter the uh barack obama um relationships with martin luther king jr that kind of side of her as well the the I don't even know what it is. It's how she she became. She was a, a part of American history, but it's almost like Forrest Gump saw so many things go through <laughs> and was a part of it all, but was a part of yeah. it all and saw it, was witness to it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you get to collaborate with artists like Eric Clapton or Curtis Mayfield or working with Quincy Jones and, and spending 13 years at Atlantic Records, at the time Atlantic was the greatest record label that ever existed maybe motown records come you know somewhere near there as well but they had otis redding and they had sam and dave and then later on they had led zeppelin and that's really the house that that aretha built that allowed them to go into the more rock and roll style but because she was reclaiming so many different styles of music with gospel in 1972 she went back to the church for her amazing grace album and then started hanging out with the biggest names of the church and of mm -hmm. the religion. And then after that, she started doing more R&B and more pop stuff. She, it was an honor to be in her presence. And I don't think anybody would have had the, the wherewithal to turn down a possible performance with Aretha Franklin or a duet with her. And I think that she just commanded 
so much respect and so much of her reputation that she just made everybody else around her better and more real. And I think that's why she touched on so many avenues of, of what it's like to be an American for 50 years. Yeah, you know, somebody just texted Tina Turner. Tina Turner would be another one that, in my mind, kind of falls in that same category. Yeah. The thing with Tina Turner, and, and it, again, like not to take anything away from anybody, Tina was amazing for a number of years in the 60s and, and 70s, and then kind of disappeared for a number of years until What's Love Got to Do With It really kind of put her on the map again and then started going out on world tours, having pop hits, and then that's it. Then she kind of disappeared where, you know, really she hasn't done a lot of concerts, maybe a handful of them in the last 10 or 15 years. So with all due respect to Tina Turner, you can't look at Tina and say, well, she was at the forefront of this. She was one of the greatest, most electrifying performers with Ike Turner while, you know, for a number of years during the soul era of like 65 to like maybe 70. But Aretha came before then. She blew right past Tina. and was still performing for like 30, 35 years after that. What do you think in the end uh, Aretha Franklin will be best remembered for? I think the fact that she can interpret any kind of music. You put anything in front of her, regardless if she wrote it or not, and make it her own. And it's such a cliche living in an American Idol world where Mm. people can do covers and the judges will say, wow, that's amazing, you made it into your own. And and I've always kind of cringed when, when, when they've said that, but you go through some of her live recordings and you can't just deny that, sure, there's being in a studio and there's different takes of things, but when you go into the live recording aspect of her, it, it, it's just astounding how much energy she was able to put back out to the audience and the audience was able to give back to her in for a two-hour performance right up until a number of years ago. Hmm. Eric, before we let you go, I want to ask you what will be your fondest memory, um, which performance that you were witness to of Aretha's that will always stand out? Um, I was going to say, you know what, it was always going to be like that that moment in the Blues Brothers. But then <laughs> today I've been watching mm-hmm. a lot of her doing, you know, her performing in front of Obama. Yeah. And Obama just crying. Just crying, mm-hmm. yeah. Losing it. And this is the president, the most powerful man in the world, who is supposed to be very calm, cool and collective, especially, you know, with what everybody is dealing with now. But the fact that this guy broke down and showed real human emotion, that has to be one of the best moments I've ever seen in music. I think she was singing Natural Woman at that point. Yeah. Eric, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Take care. Eric Alper talking this afternoon. Aretha Franklin. doing Adele on that album that came out on uh, in 2017. Uh, the Obamas 
putting out a statement today. So many people have been putting out statements today. Just go on Twitter, the stars, um, just making their comments on the passing of Aretha Franklin. Uh, the Obama saying, quote, America has no royalty, but we do have a chance to earn something more enduring. Born in Memphis, raised in Detroit, Aretha Franklin grew up performing gospel songs in her father's congregation. For more than six decades since, every time she sang, we were all graced with a glimpse of the divine. Through her compositions and unmatched musicianship, Aretha helped define the American experience. In her voice, we could feel our history, all of it, and in every shade, our power and our pain, our darkness and our light, our quest for redemption and our hard-won respect. She helped us feel more connected to each other, more hopeful, more human. And sometimes she helped us just forget about everything else and dance. Aretha may have passed on to a better place, but the gift of her music remains to inspire us all. May the Queen of Soul rest in it in it eternal peace. Number of texts coming in saying, okay, as you mentioned, what about Tina Turner? Whitney what Houston. What about Whitney Houston? Yeah. Now, can you imagine? I mean, Whitney Houston, there was a voice. Um, if she was still alive and still performing and still putting out music, um, yeah, I mean, Whitney Houston, gosh, her... Her version of the national anthem, American national yes. anthem at the Super Bowl, will still go down as the best performance um, of the national anthem at the Super Bowl ever. I mean, she was just uh, incredible, incredible as far as I'm concerned. Uh, a, a terribly <sighs> odd coincidence that Elvis Presley, the anniversary of Elvis, Presley's died on that death. same day. Yeah. And how many? And that was 41 years ago, right? 1977. Hmm. Listen to this. Do you remember? Let's see if I can. Uh, <clears throat> of course. Just give me a second. Sure, you take your time. I know. It's just. Uh... You know what? We'll wait for you. We're patient here at <laughs> 630, Chad. Our listeners are, for the most part, reasonable oh, people. Of course. Not really sure what you're searching for there, but I'm curious now. Here it is. Okay. Here it is. Do you remember this? Afternoon. He was found unconscious on the floor of his bedroom by his road manager, Joe Esposito. After Esposito's attempts to revive Presley failed, he called the Memphis Fire Department Ambulance Service. The ambulance rushed the 42-year-old singer here to Baptist Hospital, a 10-minute trip from the mansion. And Presley was pronounced dead on arrival. The announcement of Elvis Presley's death. Hmm. Like I said earlier, remember that day specifically took me totally by surprise. Uh, and, and again, you know, we've talked about this before, and the conversation comes up when we lose somebody, uh, you know, who's important. Where the, were you when? Yeah, where were you? John Lennon's another one. I was in university, and um, somebody came and knocked on my mm. door to tell me it was that important. I, there's just certain individuals who... They're not. Well, I was going to say they're not part of your life, but in a way, they are kind of, of course, part yeah, of your they life. Are part of your life. Yeah, they're, they're part of the soundtrack of your life. And and when you look at when you hear certain songs, you can go back to a place in time where you were in college, maybe, mm-hmm. or at a bar in Thunder Bay, or at your wedding, or your grandparents listened to the music, or your parents danced to it, right. or it was your first kiss. It was, you know, that's that's the power of music. You're right. Do you remember when Glass Tiger was in studio, yeah. and I, I said uh, to them that you were the soundtrack of my divorce, <laughs> and they laughed, and then later off air, well, I, guess I said, no, I'm serious. Yeah. There was three or four songs from Glass Tiger that, for whatever reason, I just played over and over mm-hmm. again, and when I hear the tunes now, it brings mm-hmm. me immediately back there. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I can remember it vividly. And yeah, music is powerful for sure.
The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.